I have to go with this microphone uh, because we have some technical difficulties. So uh, why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet. And while you're standing, uh, you can go ahead and turn uh, to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. Um, just in case, if I can get the ushers to turn on these lights ahead of me. I'm not sure. Maybe they're delayed coming on. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 11. When you get there, you can say amen. Amen. <clears throat> now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent, everybody say excellent, sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, and God testifying of his gifts, and through it being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah was being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out, to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he who waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him, as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Verse 13. These all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, we thank you for the opportunity once again to gather around the infallible, the most powerful, the accurate, word of the living God. Father, you said heaven and earth will pass away, but you said your word will never pass away. So God, we stand in holy reverence this morning because we know that your word is like a hammer. It comes to break away the things that are not of you. It comes to restore and build those things which you have called us to. And so, Father, we empty ourselves right now of every, every fear, every doubt, every hesitation, and everything that is not like you. I pray that the word of the Lord will go forth in full power and that it will accomplish exactly what you wanted to accomplish today. Use this vessel. Use this vessel. I'm simply your vessel. And Father, I am honored to be standing here today, and I understand the enormity of the task that is before me, and so I, with the rest of the church, we put our hope in you. Father, use us. Use me. Father God, um, help us to understand what it means to go to the next level. We ask these things in Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. We've been in a series entitled Conquering uh, the Giants. I like this series because uh, many of us 
All of us have some giant that we are facing in life. And giants uh, represent themselves as an obstacle. They oftentimes, uh, there's something that, that uh, poses a threat, if you will, to the destiny and the purpose of God in our life. And many of us, if we don't understand how to navigate and how to defeat the giants of this generation, then perhaps we'll find ourselves on the outside looking in. How many of you want to be where God wants you to be? Amen. How many of you want to accomplish everything that God has set out for you to accomplish? And so, the, so this series is about slaying giants. Amen. We got giants of fear. We talked about that last week. Giants of loneliness and giants of lust and giants of temptation. How many know the list can go on and on? And depending on who you are and where you are, it poses a difficulty. But how many know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? Can the church say amen to that? And so God wants you to understand who he is. Now, I want to, you've heard me say this in, in other ways, but I want to say it again this morning because I think it's so important. That the kingdom of God, and hear me when I say this, the kingdom of God operates on kingdom principles. I want to say that again. The kingdom of God operates on kingdom principles. You remember when Jesus, when he came, that oftentimes he spoke in parables, right? You remember that? But the parables were designed to teach principles. Because how many of you want to access the full measure of the kingdom of God? How many of you want to access everything God has for you? Y'all need to talk back to me better than this this morning. How many of you want to get there with God? You see, you must understand this, that the kingdom of God operates on the principles that has already been predetermined. In other words, you can't use fleshly ideas and human wisdom and philosophy of man in order to advance the cause of God in the earth. So that is so important that you understand that. Everything about the kingdom of God is contrary, oftentimes, to the way of this world. It's contrary. Everything about the kingdom of God is contrary. And so the only way that we're going to advance forward is that we got to fight, watch this, spirit things with spirit things. Amen? You can't, you, listen to me, you cannot be what God wants you to be in your own wisdom and in your own strength. I know you have been taught to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Amen? I know you, you believe that you're all that and some other stuff, but, but you can't make it without the power of God. You cannot accomplish, watch this, what God wants you to accomplish and what he predestined you for without his power and without his help. Can somebody say amen to that? So understand that the giant of unbelief, and that's what we're going to talk about today, unbelief. How many know that's a giant for some folks? It's a giant. And I don't know if you got to realize this one thing, that if you do not, if you cannot and do not understand how to defeat the giant of unbelief. Hear me when I say this, and I'll back it up in a second. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. You will cease to be able to do the thing that God has called you to do. Giant of un unbelief is a God stopper. Unbelief is a destiny killer. The Bible said the just shall live by what? Faith. Everything about God is faith. And what Satan is oftentimes trying to get you to do is he wants you to doubt God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Every day he's whispering. He's sending things and, and activities and people even your way to try to get you not to move ahead in God. And so we must understand that this giant of unbelief must be destroyed. How many of you ready to slay some giants today? How many of you recall Abraham? How many of you know Abraham was a great man of faith? The Bible says that it was his belief in God that positioned him for success. Now, for some folks, that's not enough. You remember they asked Jesus, they said to Jesus, Jesus, what must we do uh, to, to do the work of God? Jesus said, believe on him. And they said, no, 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 I know that, but what must we do? Jesus said, believe how many know that I believe that the biggest sin, hear me, more than anything else, is the sin of unbelief. 
All sin has its root in the spirit of unbelief. You hear what I'm saying? Because when you don't truly believe God, when you don't truly embrace the things of God, then you, you tend to oftentimes, you, you go off course. You dibble and you dabble into other things, and, and you find yourself in a place simply because you did not fully embrace the promises of God. And so this is why it is so important that we deal with this thing today. Now, turn with me to Proverbs chapter number 3. This is a familiar passage of Scripture, but I'm going to work this this morning just a little bit. We're going to work this. Uh, Proverbs chapter number 3. And we're going to start reading in verse number 5. Is anybody home? Is anybody there? Amen. Proverbs chapter number 3. Now watch this. Hear this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Now, I want that to simmer just for a moment. Because your heart is everything that you are. It's your will. It's your emotions. It, your heart defines you. Your heart is everything. It's, it's the seat of who you are. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means to hold nothing back. That means believe God all the way. How many of you know that you will, you will go no further than your faith in God? You will go no further than you believe. In other words, if you have little faith, if you don't believe God for the big, more than likely you're going to stay where you are. How many know big faith gets you big results? How many know you can cap your faith? You can cap your faith. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all, that means everything. Hold nothing back. Going all the way, but let's, let's keep going. He says, now watch it. Here's the big one. Here's what we really struggle with. Lean not on your own understanding. Now, if you are a person uh, prone to, you got control issues, you really struggle with this one. You see, if, you, if you're a person that kind of like to have all the answers, how many of you like that? You want to know everything before you do anything. Come on, somebody. If you want, y'all don't want to admit it, but you know what I'm talking about. If you want to know a person that says, you know what, I, I just like to, I, don't just tell me, like, I want to know the full, I want to know everything that I'm about to do. Every, I want to understand everything. But how me know that the Bible just, the Lord just gave us a clue. This is what I call a clue. He says, lean not to your own understanding. All right, let me take my glasses off so I can see. That's what I call a clue. So he's telling you, watch this, he's telegraphing something. That there are going to be some times when you're not going to understand what I'm doing in your life. Now for some of you, that is really hard. But when he says, trust in me with all your heart, think about it, all of your life, you've been trying to do your thing and you've been trying to take the, the, the bull by the horn and you've been trying to work this thing on your own and God comes along, he says, trust in me with everything you got. I want you to drop everything and trust me. everything. Give everything to me. He says, and lean not. Don't lean on your own understanding. Embrace the fact that there are some things. How many of you right now, you're dealing with some stuff that you don't, you have no idea where it's going to end up? Amen. How many of you are dealing with some stuff you're thinking about? I have no clue. But how many of you have been talking to God about it? Amen. Now, if you've been talking to God about it, you just need to chill. Chill. He says, watch. Now, now I'm, I'm going to show you why. He says, lean not on your own understanding. But in all of your ways, all of your ways, watch this, acknowledge me. Here's what he's saying right here, church. Here's what the Holy Spirit is saying. I'm not going to embrace and understand everything. How many know God sometimes requires us to do things that we don't like and it doesn't make sense? Come on. It don't make sense to me when he said love your enemies when your enemy's been trying to kill you. Come on, somebody. It don't make sense to me when God says give when I'm broke. It don't make sense to me. You follow what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. But if you want kingdom blessing, you got to activate kingdom principles. It don't make sense to me to forgive somebody who have hurt me badly. It doesn't make sense. Unless you are understanding the way the kingdom works. In God's vernacular, it makes perfect sense. 
So he says, lean not to your own understanding. But, 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 but God, wait a minute, God. God, do you understand what? Lean not to your own understanding. He said, acknowledge me. Here's, here's what he's saying. Acknowledge me. In other words, talk to me about it. Keep me involved. Seek my face. And here's the promise. He says, and he shall. Isn't that what it says? Read, read it. He says, acknowledge me in all your ways. How many of you believe the word of God? And, and watch it. And it says, watch. Let me, let me look at him. Put my eyes on He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he might direct your path. Is that what he say? It's a possibility. I'm just saying. He says, shall. How many know what shall mean? He's going to. So some of you right now, you're thinking, this is important that I lay this foundation because we got to slay the giant of unbelief. And in order to slay the giant of unbelief, let's understand something. God spends a lifetime trying to wean you off of you. Some of y'all didn't get that. I got one person got it in the back. You are always battling this thing of unbelief. How many know the enemy is always trying to get you, whispering to you, don't believe God, don't trust that, that don't make sense, don't do it. And the devil, how many know, and the reason why the devil is, is listening to me, the reason why he wants us to fall prey to this giant, because he knows unless we believe God, nothing's going to happen. Are y'all, and, and I know, and boy, this is really, really hard. I'm going to show you what I mean by that here in a second. Because... You must understand that the word of God is true and God's word works. I don't care what people say. Well, I tried that and it don't work. I'm here to tell you when you try the word of God, it works. But you got to work the word of God the way the word of God is supposed to be worked. And, and that go, that's going to require that you get out of yourself. That you come to a place where you say, Lord, I don't understand this. God, this doesn't make sense to me, but I praise you anyhow. God, I don't know what, what I'm gonna, how this thing is going to turn out. God, I have no idea if I'm going to make it through this illness, but God, I want you to know I'm going to trust you, I'm going to love you, and I'm going to keep on keeping on because you said in your word, God, that you're going to direct me. How many of you believe his word? He said, I'm going to direct you. So all I know is this. All I need to do is I'm going to trust him. And that means that I got to get, trust me, I got to get my hand off the steering wheel and let God drive the car. I gave you this analogy before. It's almost as if you can see the picture. God's, God is driving the car, and you over there knocking his hand off, and he's knocking your hand off the wheel. And the two of you, you're wrestling with God. And you say, God, let me, let me, let me, let me take this back. Let me, hold on. Jesus, you know, oh, no, that looks dangerous. Jesus, hold on. Stay right here. Don't, don't, I got this. How many know he knows everything, and he has a plan for your life? Now, let's keep on going. We're building. We're going somewhere. Look at the neighbor and say, we're going somewhere. Now, watch this. Now, jump on over to Hebrews 11.6. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching this morning. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11.6. Are you there? I'm moving fast today. Hallelujah. I'm moving fast because this is a fast church. This church knows the word of the Lord. They believe his word, speak his word. Now watch this. Mm. But without, well, let me, let's read verse number five for continuity's sake. Now I want you, I want you to put yourself here. I want you to have an out-of-body experience for a moment. Get out of your circumstance right now and, and, and just see yourself right here in the passage. Understand something. By faith... Enoch, we said that last week, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. How many know that's powerful right there? Enoch, he didn't see death. You know why? God says, boy, you got too much faith. Yeah, I got to bring you up here. The world ain't even worthy of you. Your faith is off the charts. How many want that off the chart faith? <laughs> this is why God, God took Enoch for one reason. Because the boy just believed God. Crazy faith. Everybody say crazy faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see that and was not found because God had taken him. Mm. For before he was taken, watch this, he had this testimony, watch this, that he pleased God. Now, I said this before last week. How many want to please God? You know, in order, when you please God, you invoke his favor. 
when you please God, God, God extends mercy unto you. When you please God, all of heaven starts to move on your behalf because you please God. God gets that. But watch what he says here in verse 6. Because you got you to, it's still, it's a continuation. He says now, but without faith. Now we've heard this before, but I want you to ask God to give you a fresh revelation. But without faith, watch this, it is impossible to please God. Mm. You hear that? Impossible. I mean, you can't do it. Without what? Faith. The just shall live by what? He said, without faith, forget about it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now watch this. Your money and your intellect will not help you please God. Amen? Here's another one. Crying and feeling sorry for yourself. Because some of us like to do that. That ain't going to get you nowhere with God either. I've learned that it doesn't. I mean, God, God hears all that. He sees all that. But at some point, he's going to challenge you to get up and trust me. Crying and feeling sorry for yourself. Listen to me. That's not going to move the needle. How many of you want the needle to move? I want to. Listen, if you got to cry, cry. If you got to pout, pout. But after you finish, get up. Hallelujah. Get up and get moving and start believing. Because, listen, you can't stay. God does not do well in that stuff. How many know God is high and lofty? He knows the beginning and the end. God is not going to wallow with you in sorrow. He'll come and pat your back. He will comfort you, but he's comforting you so you can get up. (laughs) He's comforting you so that you can move ahead. Everybody say move ahead. Now to move ahead. So your crying is not going to do it. All right? This is not an option. You want the favor of God. You want to access the power of God. You must believe. You got to have faith. We just read here in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 that all the saints of old, how many know that if you read the picture, I know people talk about faith, but if you read the picture in in Hebrews chapter 11, have you ever really studied Hebrews chapter number 11? If you never studied Hebrews chapter 11, will you please do yourself a favor and get study it? Because let me tell you something. Many of the stuff that those folks went through, it wasn't pretty. I mean, they, they had to deal with some very difficult things. They had to deal with some trials. I mean, some of them were, were beaten, bruised, and even murdered. The Bible says some of them died in faith. You understand what that means by and by in a moment. They died in faith. That means that, that they understood, they got this revelation that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to stand, I'm going to keep believing. He says, watch this. Not only uh, is it impossible to please God without faith, he says, watch this, but he is a rewarder. Everybody say rewarder. rewarder. Of those that diligently, everybody say diligently, diligently. seek him. Now, how many know that's another promise? God says, I reward those that are diligent. That means they go after me. They seek me with all of my heart. How many know what it means to be diligent? To be diligent is to be disciplined. To be, dili- to be diligent is that you're committed. To be diligent means you're demonstrating over and over again. You're going you're to keep pressing. He says he's a rewarder. How many of you believe he's a rewarder? He said, God says, I'm a rewarder to those who diligently seek me. You got to believe that. So when you pray, the first thing should come to your mind when you start praying. Before you even say one word is, listen, this this should be your posture. I know that I'm going to get what I'm asking for. That's what you, listen, if you go, why pray if you don't believe? I mean, really. Uh, 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 We already said that without faith, it's impossible to believe God, right? And so watch this. So that means that, that when I come to God, that my disposition must be, God, I believe you. And God, I believe that what I'm asking you for today is going to happen. How many know that's faith? Now I'm going to show you how important faith is. Look on over to Exodus. 
I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 14. I need you to run over there because I don't have a whole lot of time. Run to, run to Numbers chapter 14. Now, y'all remember this story. We, we actually read it last week. We talked about the children of Israel, right? We talked about how that uh, Moses sent out the spies, and he sent out 12 spies, and uh, 10 of them came back with a, with a bad report. And, uh, and they went to the land of promise, and there was grapes, and there was milk and honey. It was, it was a place of greenery. It was a place, it was the place of blessing. It was a place of blessing. And, and, and so the spies went out there as Moses instructed them. And they came back. And they came back complaining. Many of them uh, complained about the giants. Oh, God, I, I know God promised to give us the land, but, you know, there's some giants over there. There's some, them big boys of Amnak are there. Or the Clock brothers are there. Or, there's a, or the Garnets brothers. There, there were some big jokers. They're there. Or, or the, the gay brothers. There, there were some, they were big. You, you follow what I'm saying? He said, they said, the sons of Amnak, all these giants, they're big giants in the land. And so they had a defeatist attitude. We talked about last week, and they sit there, and they murmured, and they cried, and they cried. But then God showed me something else that was really the root to their problem. Remember I said before, going back to what I said in the beginning, that their problem, that the biggest sin is unbelief. Y'all remember I said that earlier? Look at, look at uh, Hebrews chapter 14, verses 11 through 12. You there? Say amen. Then the Lord said to Moses, <laughs> listen to this, folks. Listen to this. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? Oh, oh. You remember there was one episode in the Gospels where Jesus, when the disciples couldn't heal the man, I believe, who was, who was sick or blind or whatever the case might have been. And Jesus came up. Jesus said, how long would I have to put up with you? Bring him to me. Y'all don't believe. But, Pastor, I really believe. We'll show you if you really believe or not. So God says, how long will these people reject me? How many know God has blessed us? How many know God has blessed us? God has been faithful to you. God has carried you. God has undergirded you. God has brought you through trial and trial and trial. And how many know that, we, that, that God has built up some credit? Amen. And, and at least when a hard time comes, we should be able to give God the, the, the benefit of the doubt and say, God, you've been faithful to me in the past, so I know that somehow I'm coming up out of this. Now watch this. He said now, verse 7, then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long, watch this, will these people, I'm sorry, and how long will they not what? Did you see that? How long will they not what? Say it nice and loud. How long will they not what? What was their problem? They didn't believe me. He said, with all the signs which I have performed among them. Well, pastor, if I was them in those days, I wouldn't be that way. Listen, stop it. Because some of us are there right now. You go through some stuff, man, and you just start rejecting. How many know every time you don't believe God, you reject him? I, I said, every time you don't believe him, you reject him. You reject him. Say what you want to say. You are rejecting him. And God does not look favorably upon that. And watch. He said, how long will they not believe me? And with all the signs which I perform among them, he says, watch this. This is verse 12. And, and this is, I want you to hear this, how, how serious God is about this thing of unbelief. He says, I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. And will make of you a greater nation and a mightier nation than they. God was so upset because of the people of unbelief. He said, here's what I'm going to do. Moses, start all over. Thank God Moses was a praying man. Amen. Moses prayed. You go back and read Moses prayed. Moses said, God, whatever you do, have mercy. And he interceded. But here's, if you keep reading, here's what happened. God says, watch this. He says, all the generation from 20 years and upward, they can't go into the land of promise because they don't believe me. He says, but you know who's going to go in? Your children are going to go in. But you can't. Watch this. They got upset, and they tried to repent. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then they tried to go up and fight the enemy, and they got defeated. 
And I, and I said, I said, Lord, I said, Lord, why? why? I mean, they seemed like they were sorry, God. Why didn't you just give them another chance? And God says, I can't work in a people who don't believe me. Listen, you don't have to be perfect. You can make mistakes. Yeah, you can blow it at times, like we all do. But one thing that God won't tolerate is unbelief. See, doubt is different. Doubt asks questions. Unbelief refused to receive the answer. Follow me. Doubt asks questions. Unbelief, I just refuse to answer. God said, do it. I don't believe that. And God will, let me tell you something, heaven will stop. Heaven will stop until we come to that place where we embrace and we do what he says. So he says, God, God, God was so serious about that. He says, the whole generation, I, I can't work with them. Let me know that, that we don't need to be the, that kind of people. Amen. We need to be a people to say, you know what, God, God, we believe you. We believe you, and we need to walk in it. Uh, you remember in Matthew uh, 13, 58, you don't have time to turn there. Matthew 13, 58. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. This is Jesus coming to his hometown. Now, you know what strikes me about this verse is that Jesus showed up to do miracles. I'll let that sit with you for a moment. Jesus showed up in this little town. Read it, Matthew chapter 13. Jesus showed up, and, and Jesus was basically saying, I, listen, he was basically saying, I want to bless them. I want to do miracles. I want to heal some people. I've come to set free, heal, and deliver. How many know God has come today to set free, heal, and deliver you right where you're sitting at today? The Spirit of God has come to do it. He wanted to come to heal, to perform a miracle. And the Bible says that Jesus didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You know what happened? Unbelief stopped him. Dead in his tracks. How many, how many understand that we got to get rid of this giant today? We got to kill this giant. We gotta stop. Listen, we got to be a people that embrace everything that God says, even when it don't make sense. Are you hearing me? We got to do what he says. Jesus couldn't do many, uh, many mighty works there. So let's, let's look at this. Let's go a little bit deeper. Can we go a little bit deeper? What are the symptoms of unbelief? Because some of you are sitting right here now, you're thinking to yourself, man, I believe God. <laughs> you know, I ain't got no faith problem. I believe everything God say. I, I will beg to differ, but, you know, man, I, I, just, I just trust God, you know, and I got no, none of the issues, none at all. What are the symptoms of unbelief? Number one, the symptoms of unbelief is, watch this, we make ill-advised decisions. You see, when we don't really believe God, here's what we do. We take matters into our own hands. And maybe we got tired of waiting on God. How many know God sometimes make you wait? How many of you love waiting on God? Look at you. None of you. Look at you. How many of you love, how many of you love waiting on the Lord? No, you don't. You know, you don't. You know what? Because you've been trained by Burger King. You got that Burger King theology. Have it my way. And when there's another one out there, you want to quick, fast, and a hurry. I don't know which one that is, but yeah, whatever. So whatever. You follow what I'm saying? But God comes along. God says, no, 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 no. You got And, and what happened when we don't really believe that God, because sometimes we, we act like God is asleep at the wheel. God, don't you see? I've been praying just like the pastor said. I've been tithing. God, I've been giving my, God, I've been doing all these things. God, I've been obedient. And God, you know I can't stand her, but I forgave her. And God, where's my breakthrough? God, where are you, God? Well, since God went to sleep, I'm going to do like the children of Israel did. You know when Moses went up on that mountain? And the children of Israel went and got a golden calf. They said, we're going to worship, and we're going to dance and we're going to have a party with the golden calf. You know why? Because they got tired of waiting on God. Got tired. Took God, God, you took too long. How many know faith says, no matter what it takes, I'm staying the course? Do you hear me? Another symptom of unbelief is we are inconsistent in our walk with God. Your obedience is on and off. The Bible says in James, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. 
He says, let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. You see, see one, of, one of the symptoms, see, the reason why this is a symptom of unbelief is, 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 is because when, when, when God is not moving in a way that we want him to move, you know what happens? Oftentimes, we stop. Watch this. Watch this. We, 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 we become uh, inconsistent. We, we don't obey like we're supposed to. All right? Uh, things get hard. A hardship threatens and make us want to quit. And so what happens is we're inconsistent. When everything is going well, God, I love you. God, I love you. Everything's great. But the minute the heat get turned up in your life, the minute that you face some opposition, you obey God for a little while, and then, you know, some people like that. They'll walk with God. I have determined in my life a long time ago, watch this, folks, and I, and I don't say this as a self-righteous person because the Lord knows I'm not. He knows my faults. He knows them. But let me tell you something. I refuse to live ghetto Christianity. I am not going to live a up and down yo-yo here one day. No, no, no. Consistent, baby. I'm walking this thing out. Whether you're going to walk it out, I'm going. You know why? Because I believe my God is in control. You see? So we become inconsistent in our walk with God. Then thirdly, intimacy is compromise. Well, you know what? You know, God said this, I, I believe, but it's, it's, you know, it's not happening. So, you know, I, I'm not going to read my Bible today. You know, people like that, they stop praying. Oh, here's a big one. I didn't go to church for a couple weeks. I mean, really? <laughs> really, who are you hurting? Because God is God. God never changes. You hear what I'm saying? And, and, and listen, and, and you know, after all, he's in charge of your breathing. Did you not know that? See, intimacy is compromised because we're not trusting him. We're not believing him. So what we do, we stop serving him the way we should. We give him half-hearted service. And then we can't figure out, how come I don't love God like I used to? Can I give you some practical advice? If you're, one, if you're in a dry place where you feel like that you're not, you, don't, you don't feel close to God, go cold turkey for about a week or two. Cut off the TV. Cut off the Xbox 360. Cut off Oprah. Cut off everything and focus all of your attention on him. Get, lo- get on lockdown with Jesus. And I guarantee you, after about a week of doing that, boy, you'll be, you be right where you need to be in the sweet spot of his will. Ain't nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, you get drunk with that, but it'll bless you. And then another symptom of unbelief is, watch this, we set up idols. We set up idols. So here's, here's what we do. We don't really believe God, so we turn to alcohol. We turn to drugs. We turn to other activities, addictive behaviors. We turn to other things. Why? Because it's a symptom. Isn't that what happened to the children of Israel? It was a symptom. Moses, God, I don't know what's happening. It takes too long. So you know what? I'm going to do my thing. I mean, it's a symptom of unbelief. Am I, am I talking to anybody this morning? Here's another symptom. This is the last symptom. Because some of you say, now, some of you, I, I bet that, that some of you found yourself somewhere in here. If, if, I didn't, if I didn't dial your number yet, I'm about to dial it right now. You ready? Another symptom of unbelief is we complain. Is there anybody who can like to complain? Oh, how many know that when you complain, you just said something to God? How many know God is sovereign? Okay, let me, let me come a little closer. How many know God is sovereign? Amen. How many of you believe that God controls all things? Amen. How many of you believe that he is all-powerful? How many of you believe that at any moment he could change your situation on the dime? Amen. God can speak it, and God can deliver you right. And God can fix it so that you can be living in a $100 million house tomorrow if you wanted to. God can fix it so if he wanted to that you got no problems. He could give you a life of bed of ease where every one of your bills are paid. Where you can go on any vacation you want to go on. Where your, your refrigerator is overloaded with food. I don't know about that. sounds a little boring to me. That's personally. I mean, I, I just like to trust God. I, I, mean, it, I like to live a little bit on the wild side when God just show up and do the remarkable. 
I, I just, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, that's, that's a little easy. And, 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 and some of us, watch this, some of us find ourselves in that place and we get, and we get locked down because that's what we want and then we start complaining. God, here's what we go. This is what we do. Man, this, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this. I want out of this. This is killing. I can't handle this. I mean, this is crazy. God, I mean, God, how long? I mean, this is, this is I'm, God, I'm sick. I just want out. Well, you know what you just told God? You know you're talking to God, right? <laughs> Let me show you a verse. I'll show you a verse. Uh, we're almost done. Let me show you a verse. Uh, Numbers 14, 26 through 29. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying this. You can write this down. Numbers 26 through 29. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? Now, they were talking to Moses. If you read the context, but God said, no, you ain't talking to Moses, you're talking to me. <laughs> oh, boy, got quiet up in here. I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel made against me. Wait a minute. God, I can see him now. We weren't talking to you, God. We were talking to Moses because he was our leader. God said, well, who made him the leader? I called Moses to be there. What you complaining about? Don't y'all complain about me? <laughs> be careful. I don't say that because I'm some super duper one. I'm just letting you know, don't complain about me. Pray for me, amen? Don't complain about me because I'm here because God put me here. Be careful. Hallelujah. Say to them, as long as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness, and all of you were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. Complaining, a symptom of unbelief, complaining. Let me tell you something. Complaining ought not be a part of who we are as Christians. Stop complaining about your situation. Pray, believe God, but don't complain. Just say, I'm, I'm not going to do that no more. You know why? Because God don't hear that. Amen. In fact, we just read your verse. God gets downright upset about it. He says, he says, look, I'm, I'm the whole generation, y'all ain't going because y'all complain too much. I can't, listen to me, stop complaining about what God is doing in your life. Some of us have said, well, Lord, I want to do your will. You remember the disciples asked Jesus? They said, they said Jesus, we want to we we sit on your right hand and on your left. You know, they were wanting to experience. Jesus, it's not mine to give, but you're going to drink a little bit. You're going to have a cup to drink from. Peter, John. Peggy, Larry, Brandon, we're all going to have a cup to drink from. And the question then becomes, are you going to complain about the cup? Or just say, Lord, though you afflict, though you afflict me, yes, I will trust you. Though you slay me. Remember Job, though you slay me, I will trust you. Trust, trust, trust. Because how many know, how many know that whatever God got for you is, is good? Do you hear what I'm saying? God ain't, God ain't got nothing for you but blessing. If God got you in a delay, if God got you going through a trial right now, how many know you just need to bear down and deal with it and deal with it with great joy? Because you're coming out of it. Now, your timeline might not be my timeline, but you're coming out. Look at the neighbor. So you're coming out. I rejoice while you're going through it. Come on. How many know you're coming out? So lastly, we got to do this in... Five minutes. Okay, here we go. So how do we overcome your giant of unbelief? Here it is. Step one. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you overcome your giant of unbelief? Here it is right here. Take a step. Everybody say a step of faith. Look at it real quick. Go to, you got James chapter two. Did I give you that verse? James chapter two. What does it profit my brother? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? Keep going. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart and be in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Watch this. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Keep reading. But somehow, but someone will say, you have faith and I will, I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God and you do well. Even the demons, I don't know about you, but that ain't good company. 
Even the demons believe, and they tremble. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is what? So if you're going to conquer your giant of unbelief, here's what you need to do. Don't just talk about how much you believe God. What are you doing to show you believe God? In other words, you want to overcome your giant, think of something, something tangible. Okay, you're saying, I believe God, I believe God, I believe God. But if you're not doing anything to demonstrate it, you're not there yet. How many know until you've done something, faith without works is what? Dead. How many know that David could have stood there all day long and said, Goliath, I'll whip your butt. (laughs) Goliath, don't you mess with me, man. Goliath, I'll whip your butt, Goliath. I'm going to tear your head off. Goliath, don't mess with me. Goliath. Nah, David demonstrated his faith. You know what he did? David said, I'm going to take your head off. He got some rocks. He said, I'm coming up on you. And he charged the giant. He charged him. And he slung that and killed the giant. How I many know David demonstrated? I got a question for you. You say you believe God? What have you done to prove it? If you ain't done nothing to prove it, start today. If you're going to overcome the giant of unbelief, do something. Even if it don't make sense to you, do it. Number two, meditate in the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Some of you just, listen to me, if you want to stimulate your faith and kill the giant of unbelief, listen to me, get the word into your heart all the time. I, you keep, I mean, technology, I love technology. You know, I got my iPad. Everybody here knows I'm a techie. I, I love technology. But use technology to glorify God and stimulate your faith. Ain't nothing wrong with technology. I had one brother one time say, I'm going to pray for you because you got an iPad. I said, whatever. You ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Really? Pray for me, brother. Pray to God give me a couple more. Because it ain't about that. It's what you do with what you got. I want to use it to glorify God. It helps me to get into where I need to be with God. Listen, you got your iPhone, your iPad, your Android. Put your headphones on. Listen to the word when you're going down the road. Listen to the word when you're sitting in the house. When you go to bed at night, put the word in your ear. Let me tell you something. You start doing that, your faith will start getting bigger because you keep listening to the word. See, the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I keep hearing it. Keep hearing it. But watch things change. Watch this. And number, number three, we only got a couple of these. Uh, stimulate your faith with being around like-minded people. How many know that if you, don't want, if you want your faith to dwindle, stop being around godly people for a while. Just stop. In fact, I challenge you, stop coming to church for about a month. Don't be around no godly people for a month. I tell you what, your faith is going to like, bloop, a tank. It's something about coming together and being around people of like faith that stimulates you. That's why the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You know, every opportunity we get to be around each other, we need to do it. Every opportunity. You know why? Because I'm going to get stimulated today. Something in your life is going to stimulate me. I mean, we need that. Come on, church. We need that in order to go to the next level. And then watch this. Number four, count it all joy. You know, James said this. I know some of y'all don't like this verse. Uh, Y'all ever read James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3? She got it right here. Look at that. You got that verse? My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Did anyone love trials? Can I get an amen? Did anybody love trials? Look at you. Ain't nobody ain't trying to do no trials. But the Bible says, kiss your trials. Good morning, child. Hallelujah. Good to see you. Mwah. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Why? Here it is. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? I like to work out. Y'all know I like to work out. And, and, you know, some of you like to work out. You know, you know, when you work out, what happens is you build muscle, right? And you build endurance. How does God work out your faith? Through trials. See, some of you, the deeper your trial, the more, watch this, the more mature you can become if you handle it right. So God takes some people and he stressed them. And they go through and, and, and your trial. And you're going through this trial. And all God's doing is giving you endurance. All you need to do is have a great attitude while you're going through it. And what happens is on the other side of that, your faith will be so strong 
that you, you come along and you help other people because you got a lifestyle. God has made a ministry out of your life. He's blessed you. How many know God is working in your life, not just for you? Do you understand that? It ain't just about you. See, if you think it's all about you, you'll miss God every time. If you think this, it ain't about you. Look at the neighbor and say, stop looking at you. It ain't about you. It's about something, it's about something else. How are you handling your trial? If you're going through a trial, how are you handling it? What's your attitude? He said, count it all joy. You know what God expects you to do while you're going through a trial? Be joyful. Not because you're going through the trial, but be joyful because you know God is in it. Because you know God is in it. Lastly, refuse to quit. Refuse to quit. That's how you overcome your giant. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to quit. How many know the, the world is made up of quitters? We live in a generation of quitters. I hate to say it. Generation of quit anything. Don't want to stay married for a hot second. I was looking at these people spend millions of dollars on a wedding, then within a year, divorce. Quitters. Quitters. We live in a generation of quitters, but God said that we're more than conquerors. Don't be a quitter. Quitters don't get no special favors with God. They just don't. Be a person of purpose and understand that God has called you to a higher calling. You know, in Timothy, Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Timothy used an analogy. He said, you know what? I fought a good fight. He said, I fought a good fight. Anybody, like, anybody here like boxing? I used to love it when I was a kid. But I hate the boxing matches where, you know, if anybody ever watched boxing, you remember, I'm going I'm to I'm date myself, but Mike Tyson fought Michael Spinks back in the, in, in the 80s. And, and I saw that joker, Michael Spinks, before he walked in the ring. And I, we just got all this popcorn, potato chips, and we were just expecting a battle. And, I, and, and I'm, I remember sitting there watching TV. I wasn't even no spiritual man. I could figure that much out. I looked at him. I said, that boy is scared. He ain't going to last a second. I think he went about two. <laughs> it surprised me. And, all, and I remember all of us saying, man, the people was throwing their popcorn down. Man, what? Oh, man, I can't believe. Upset. Because how many know that ain't a good fight? But a good fight, man, is one of those ones where you go to distance. <laughs> when there's battles, you take a couple battles, and you throw a couple punches, and you fight back. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. The devil tried to get me not to believe God. The devil tried to knock me out. But let me tell you something. I fought a good fight. Listen to me. You're in a fight. Keep fighting. The Bible said the righteous falls down seven times, but he gets right back up. Listen to me. You're going to get hit sometimes. Take the hit. What is it? Uh, take the licking and keep on ticking. You know, time X, whatever. Take the licking and keep on ticking. Get up. And fight. Listen to me. Seven times is just a metaphor. That's just, it ain't just, it, it, he's saying every time the righteous, when the righteous get, they just stand up, they just keep going. You're like that doer cell bunny. Remember that little doer cell bunny? Just keep going. Some of you right now, you just, you don't know, you're taking some hits, but you just keep, you keep going. This is your destiny. This is about your purpose. Defeat unbelief. Hang in there. Stay the course. And you'll see God on the other side. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you're sitting here this morning, I know I went a little long this morning, but I want you to get this in your spirit. I'm going to do an altar call first for those. The Holy Spirit <clears throat> Some of you, I just sense in my spirit, some of you giving up in some ways. You know, you can be present in flesh, but you can be absent in spirit. And maybe you've given up on God in some ways. In some ways. Maybe unbelief has crept into your life and you begin to embrace the lie that nothing is ever going to change. You've become indifferent you've become cynical because for so long you've been trusting 
you've been doing some things and you haven't seen the change come as quickly as you like. And unbelief has taken over. You come to church, but you don't really have faith. You serve, but you don't really have faith. Today, God want to touch you today. Today, we learned that the giants, every one of us going to have to face these giants. And we've learned that unless we deal with this giant, we can't go where God wants us to go. And some of you got some giants right now. You're sitting in a chair. You got a giant. You know who your giant is. And if you're really honest, this giant has been whipping your butt. But today is your day of deliverance. If you're standing or you're sitting here this morning, and you say, Pastor, my faith has taken a hit. In fact, I don't feel as close to the Lord as I know I should be. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter. I mean, this is between you and God. You know that. You're a Christian. You save. But there's a dryness. And there's a boredom. And there's a kind of going through the motion that just kind of set in on you. And no matter what your circumstance might be, the joy of the Lord ought to always be your strength. And you ought to always be full of joy and happiness. So if that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, I need prayer. I want you to invite you to come on up to the altar this morning. Come on up to the altar and let the Holy Spirit touch you and restore you and bring you back to the place you need to be. Come on, is there one? Is there one? Come on, is there another? You just need to get back to where God needs you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going we're gonna to whip this spirit of unbelief. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Mm, mm, mm. Is there another? Say, I just, I just need to get back. I need, I need to reconnect with God. I need to get closer. I, I haven't been believing God. I haven't been trusting God. Maybe you're sitting there and, and you know the Holy Spirit convicted you. You've taken matters into your own hands. You've been manipulating and you've been scheming instead of trusting. In fact, I just sense this in my spirit. I don't know who it is for, but you've even done some unethical things and call it right. If that's you this morning. It's a God says it's a lack of unbelief. It's a lack of trust. Is there one? Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Let the Holy Spirit touch you today. Come on up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is there another? We're going to kill this giant today. Today is a new day. Hallelujah. 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 Come on up. There's always room at the altar. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just let the Holy Spirit touch you right now. I just feel like in my, in my heart, I just need to take a moment. I just need to take a moment. I just need for you, particularly who are at this altar, just, just talk to God about whatever it is. Tell him. Tell him your doubts. Tell him your fears. Tell him your sin. Tell him how that your unbelief has caused you. to falter because he's about <laughs> God says that he's about to restore everything the devil has stolen. God said that he's going to God is saying in the spirit that he's going to reconnect himself with you. God just spoke to me that that you're going to experience his presence and his love because that's what you want. You want his presence and you want his love. And God says, I'm going to give it to you. God says, I'm going to give it to you. God says, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, saints, stretch your hands toward this altar. In the name of Jesus, Lord.
I thank you for these precious saints of God. Lord, I thank you that this is not about anything or anybody but you working in our lives and hearts of your people. God, you know why every person is up here today, God. In some way, unbelief has caused them to make decisions and do things, Lord, that they want to depart from. Father, I pray that not only that you would forgive the people of God that are up here, Lord, but that you will restore, God, restore everything the devil has stolen. In fact, Lord, I pray that the joy of the Lord will be their strength. Give them peace. Give them joy. God, in fact, I pray, I'm going to touch everyone. Lord, I pray for a double anointing of faith. A double anointing of faith, Lord. Faith. A double anointing of faith. In the name of Jesus. A double anointing of faith. A double anointing of faith. Faith is going to change you. Faith is going to change you. You're going to walk and talk differently. And I want everyone who's at the altar, I want you to lift your hands as an act of surrender unto the Lord. And I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, nice and loud. Come on, how many know you got to speak loud? You got to get the devil out of your ear. Speak, you're in the house of God. You speak. Lord God, I thank you for your presence, for your power. I thank you for your love. Lord Jesus, I am ready. I repent of everything that I've done to push you away. I repent of the sin of unbelief. Today, with your help, this giant will be destroyed out of my life. In the name of Jesus, draw me closer to your love, to your grace. Touch me in my deeper parts, in the innermost parts of my being. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with faith. I'm calling on you, Jesus, because you're my help in time of trouble. I love you, and I praise you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a praise. Come on, give him a praise. And just in case, is there anybody out there? We never like to close the service without giving everybody an opportunity to receive Christ. Is anybody here who say, Pastor Gary, I don't know. I don't know if I die today. I don't know where I go. I hope I go to heaven, but I'm not sure. Is there anyone who says, you know what? I need to give my life to Jesus today. I just want to give an opportunity. Is there one? Is there one? Amen. I trust everybody in here got blood all over them. Amen. That you're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on. Come on, church. Give God a praise. Stand to your feet, if you will, and give God a praise while you're standing. Now, you see our brothers and our sisters up here. You, you, you know, here's what I want you to understand about the kingdom of God. When God brings us together, there's power in numbers. There's power. You see, see, we, we hold up one another. We strengthen one another. Amen? And, 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 and how many know that, that we need to encourage one another in the faith? Um, I want y'all to know this morning before we close. It's a marvelous thing that you trust God the way that you trust God by taking a step forward. You know that anybody Jesus ever called, I'm going to tell you why we do an altar call. Anytime, you go back and read the scripture, every time Jesus ever called anybody, he always called them out publicly. Step out. Step out. See, see, you really haven't believed until you step out. See, if you stay in your seat and you don't step out, you're still trying to decide. But when you step out, you're saying, altar, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to change. And God honors that. Do you hear me? God honors that. And so you need to know this morning you need to know this morning that you're going to do greater things for God. Greater things. And young man, what's your name? Uh, a young man, AJ, how old are you? Hallelujah. 12 years old. Came up to the altar. Amen. How many of God is touching his heart? That's amazing. Walk with him. You ain't seen nothing yet, young man. Walk with him. That's great. Amen. I don't even know how to close the service. Hallelujah. I don't know what to do. But come on, give God a praise one more time. All right. Let's lift our hands to the heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence and your power. God, there's a lot of faith in this room right now. 
And God, I, I feel it in my soul that these people have been infused with power from on high. And after the day, they will never be the same ever again because of your great power. We sung this song earlier, I believe you are my healer. <laughs> God, you are a healer and you are a great deliverer. And we trust you. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before your throne of grace. To him, Jesus, be glory, dominion, power, now and forevermore. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise. Listen, we'll see you next week. And to our guests, just so you know, we have some refreshments outside. Please uh, uh, go to the table. We'll bless you. We want to feed you and uh, send you off for a good week. Thank you. Any triumphant people in the house tonight? Come on, make some noise in here. Oh.